0: Podcast. My name is Hunter. I'm joined by my uh, stalwart co-host Q this week, as I am every week. Hello. This podcast is called of Day Plus. It's a podcast about movies. It's a podcast about love. It's about um, wanting to see someone in the the Purple Rain. Uh, it's a podcast about you know us purifying ourselves in the waters of Lake um, how How's it going, bro?
1: Um, it's going okay. It's uh, kind of an air of melancholy because it is uh, Sunday. Mm. And uh, I do have to work tomorrow. What? Work? But isn't Melbourne in the midst of a two-week lockdown? A circuit breaker lockdown after an outbreak of a new strain emerged uh, a
0: couple of weeks back. you just saying gibberish.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that is correct. And I have been off work for a week. The Lord uh, provided me with that gift. And uh, our stores uh, that we furnish with sandwiches are also closed this week, this coming week. But um, for whatever reason, I've been given a random five-hour shift at six a.m. tomorrow. Wow, that sucks. To just go there and waste some time.
0: Oh, so you're getting paid.
1: Yeah, I mean it'll be a pretty easy shift, I presume, given there's like nothing to do
0: except for like <laughs> You'll just jack stuff. off on the sandwich <laughs> machine.
1: Mm. Exactly. But anyway, it has provided me with an experience that I haven't had since 2016. Mm. So like since five years back, which is a normal Sunday. Wow. So a Sunday that has like a proper yeah, well you go to church night at the and end then... of it. Go to church, yeah. Um, and, and, but no, it gives me that particular experience of, of the Sunday blues when you know you have to work in the morning. But it's still like a nice, chill, relaxed day. There's like that kind of mixture of uh, emotions. It's kind of a bittersweet feeling, a bittersweet, sad, melancholy Sunday it's a bitter, feeling.
0: bittersweet bitter, symphony.
1: Of the kind that, yeah, I haven't experienced for a long time because I, it's you know, previously I normally work, uh, since I've had this job rather, symphony. which is a night shift job, I begin work for the week, you know, like 10 o'clock on a, on a Sunday evening. mm so that changes the the feeling of Sunday when you wake up on a Sunday morning. Because I wake up at a normal time, like at seven o'clock or something. Why,
0: why are we talking about this? I have to work. I had to work. All, I've had to work every Sunday for the last like.
1: I'm not talking about you. Half I'm a year. Me. This is about
0: me. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Let's let's get so on I'm with this. Wake up shit. at seven
1: a.m. and I know that I've got like you know work the next day at ten, right? Not the next day. That night at ten. So it's a different feeling. You don't have that like buffer of like a, a proper night's sleep even though you can have a proper night's sleep if you go to bed at like 2 p.m. or something on on sunday but that's kind of weird but anyway um yeah so now I, i'm now i'm experiencing that so you might you might hear that that bittersweet note that bittersweet to, uh, to my voice as i speak bittersweet and you want to rush through this you want to rush through this so you can get to bed the important thing is the podcast brother not no how way. much sleep you get no
0: way Bro, I've, I've, been the, sleepy, I've, been sleepy I've been sleepy poorly uh, for the last couple of days. I, I would love to get a great, night, great night's sleep. Yeah,
1: but in the scheme of things, if you look back on this Sunday at a future point in your life, will you be happier to have got a little bit more sleep or to have recorded a much better podcast that Posterity will thank us I for?
0: Won't remember, I won't remember it one way or the other.
1: You will, because you'll have to listen to it in preparation for episode one hundred. Yeah, but that's so that's not going to be that much further exactly in time. But still, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather get will, some sleep.
0: You will regret. I'd rather get some sleep. You
1: will regret half-assing this just so you can get some. Oxygen. Yeah, I'd rather
0: get some sleep.
1: Well, I think history will vindicate me.
0: Oh, good thing, um, guys! And history everyone favors knows the it's
1: best if we if we invest most of our energy in the preamble. And the least possible amount of energy in talking about the films that we're featuring. That is, <laughs> That's that is the correct balance of things.
2: Gonna play Even though by the, the time sunshine. we end up recording these
1: podcasts, both of us are usually kind of like pretty impatient to get well, to it. Well, I did have films. an
0: entire day uh, before this, uh, including I talked to my friends for several hours. I worked and now I have to do this. Oh, you talk to your friends for several hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really draining. You know what I mean? Yeah. several hours yeah yeah were you like
1: playing D and D or something
0: no I was just hanging out in person <coughs> no
1: Uh. Oh, on zoom
0: yeah no for several on, uh, discord, hours on discord
1: several hours
0: yeah every every saturday we hang out and talk for a while wow is it just like everyone's like you know
1: in the conversation but you're not all having an active conversation the entire time it's just like mutually kind of hanging out and chipping in every so often or is it just like hanging out
0: conversation we're hanging out i
1: don't know man we're hanging out isn't that a clear distinction that i just made like it's like oh we're having a conversation as if we're all on the phone or it's more like oh we're just all hanging out in the same space so not everyone feels the pressure to constantly contribute to that main conversation if it's even happening people can kind of do their own thing and, and chip in and out
0: that's what i'm wondering sorry i kind of zoned out let's uh let's get on with this because
1: <laughs> that makes that that scenario that i've just uh, sketched out makes so, sense to me if you're you uh we got, so we, got we got to talk articles. about
0: we, what sort of uh, podcast are we doing this week uh
1: an old timer as is evident from from this preamble and uh you mean what is the focus of of this episode? Yeah. What films will we be featuring and why? Is that what you want to know?
0: Yeah, that's what I would like to know.
1: Okay, well, this is a Prince special. Gonna play And we will be in the examining sunshine.
0: Is that what we're going to do?
1: All the theatrical you uh, released wait, wait, wait. you featuring. Are we going to play in the sunshine?
0: Hmm? Are going to play in the sunshine?
1: Yeah, we're going to play in the sunshine.
0: You're going to find my four. Um, yeah, so we're, we're
1: focusing on all the... Uh, Theatrically released Prince focused films. Mm. They being. uh, First of all, Purple Rain.
0: Purple Rain. Number two. Second of all. Under the Cherry Moon.
1: Under the Cherry Moon, yes. Number
0: number three. Sign Sign of the Times.
1: Times. Sign of the Times, yeah. No,
0: No four. Yeah, what is number four? Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge.
1: That's it. He's got it. Well done. Gonna play. In the sunshine. So previously we've looked at uh, the cinematic output of uh, Bob Dylan. On a few occasions, Mm. in fact. Mm. And uh, Prince. No, No, not Prince. Prince. And uh, Neil Young.
0: And uh, David Bowie. And David Bowie. Yep. David Bowie.
1: So now we'll be uh, stacking those efforts up against uh, the output of Prince in the cinematic realm.
0: Uh, but first, yeah, I think I think we have to uh, uh, put a gun to our head or put a gun to your head specifically, and uh, and uh, pull a trigger, and also discuss what happened with the uh, non-bullet of last week, <laughs> and also um, yeah, also decide if we have to what what uh, old segment we're going to do this week.
1: Yeah, and also load up another old segment. Yeah, from the vault. It's kind of fitting that we're opening a vault. Wait, which what did we do? We did burn Hollywood, burn last week, right? We did burn Hollywood, burn. Yeah. Okay. It's fitting that we'll be opening another vault Not another vault, the same vault It's fitting that we'll be opening uh, a vault on this episode mm-hmm. Because um, Prince is someone who famously has a vault of his old <laughs> recording the, uh, the,
0: Because the website princevault.com was a valuable resource for of my trivia questions
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, um but uh which do we do first the old segment or uh uh roulette?
1: Let's get the old segment out of the way um so we'll be opening a vault as rich as princes himself <laughs> and, yeah and we're uh, we're
0: equally as prolific
1: <laughs> bringing back an old segment. Do you have the random number <coughs> thingejji
0: yep, yep, mm. So, what have we got left? What do we install for potentially? We got Air Diaries. <laughs> yep. We got Armor of Gods. Yep. And Poli- Polita Story. <laughs> <laughs> three, three, three classics. <laughs> All right. You ready? Yep. Yeah, okay, On a one, it'll be Air Diaries. Or sorry, on a one, it'll be Armor of Gods. On a two, it'll be Air Diaries. And three, it'll be Polita Story. Okay. The answer is three, Pulitzer Story. (laughs) Well, that typically came in between the two features, didn't it? Yeah, so we we gotta save that. Uh, Yeah, we'll save that. And in this case, we should do it after we do the first two features. Yes. So Uh,
1: following Under the Cherry Moon, Pulitzer Story.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now we gotta move on to, uh, to Roulette. Uh, so last week you, I put the gun to my head and what came out was not a bullet at all, <laughs> but was in fact the, uh, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> a new classic, uh,
3: <laughs>
0: uh, Chinese Zodiac, uh, Jackie Chan's most recent directorial feature in a representative film from the two thousands. I think we can both agree the richest period of, of Jackie's career.
1: Yes, absolutely. His peak.
0: So I had already seen this film before, and I think my uh, feelings are, are well documented, but, uh, I'll just uh, speak a little bit about it. Um, you know what? Uh, I was kind of like, oh, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I enjoyed this film enough when I watched it for the first time, but I'm not really in the mood. You know, is, is it gonna is it gonna be a total song to watch it again? You know, but uh, I just I just like the vibes of this movie. You know, just the the cheap cinematography, the
3: <laughs>
0: you know, no name uh, Chinese actors <laughs> who hang around Jackie and uh, you know don't really do anything. Jackie, you see me pretty old, and, and only having like you know a couple of major fight scenes, just how lame it is, you know. I like that. I like all the propaganda. I like uh, I like think the story is like really badly told, and it's, it's like totally nonsensical, and like major characters that are introduced in the last like thirty minutes. Um, but uh, this is just a you know it's just a it's just a good vibe. I don't know. What did you think of Chinese Zodiac, which you also uh, watched despite our, uh, you know, stringent policy? Despite our stringent
1: policy, no, there's no policy against the other person also enjoying <laughs> these films. Yeah, there is.
0: <laughs> no, there isn't. Well, uh, maybe there should be.
1: It's just that it's not mandated by the format, right? Okay. So the okay, other anyway. person can do what they want. If they really wanted to watch, what's that film we have to punish ourselves with? Valley of the Republic. If they really wanted to watch Founding of a Republic three times in a row in their own spare time at their own volition, they can do that.
0: <laughs> this also makes me think we should just do it collectively, but then that, I guess that wouldn't be as fun.
1: No, we're not doing that. No. The other person can decide to watch it to contribute to the discussion, but they don't have to. Completely up to them.
0: Right. All right. Well, uh, now you decided to watch this movie and uh, what, you, what would you like to contribute to the discussion?
1: Uh, I pretty much agree with you about it. I do like the like low key, like off peak Jackie Chan kind of vibe, um, because that was something that I enjoy about some of the films that people consider lesser efforts in the nineties, like Mister Nice Guy and stuff like that.
0: I guess we should check out the premise of which is just that, uh, you know, uh, Jackie has to recover these uh, Chinese zodiac heads uh, that were stolen from China in the Second Opium War. And uh, there's all these evil, uh, you know, Western companies who are <laughs> bidding them, <laughs> or bidding for them, selling things. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a nonsensical plot at the end of the day. Uh, but it does lead to lots of very um, fervent and long conversations about <laughs> national artifacts being stolen. Uh, I love the bit with the protest group in Paris, as you as you all well know. And I just love the fact that there is like a you know multi ethnic multinational protest group that's just hanging out in Paris. That o- the only thing it cares about is protesting the fact that is repatriating know, like artifacts, <laughs> yes, <the whole> artifacts. <laughs> which obviously you know what uh, they should be they should be uh, they should be repatriated. That's 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 not really uh, the point. But uh, it's it's so funny. <laughs> but it's far down the list of uh, like
1: things that need. That kind of
0: yep, uh, yep. global attention. And uh, just the fact that, uh, you know, you have these groups, like, <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Just the idea of, like, also the fact that, like, you know, the news media, this is all they report on, like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of is in an, in an absurd world. But yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good
1: time. Uh, so before we proceed with the podcast, would you just have to affirm the values of our organization here
0: oh yeah yeah of course okay yeah yeah uh, do you mean to just uh read read something i wrote before or do you want to do, do you do you have something you want to say
1: we can volley back and forth and then we uh affirm the values at the end together in unison with the one yeah. word yeah so the first smart. value is we don't we don't give the police any trouble so we record <laughs> the podcast in the privacy of our own homes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we we don't do it on public property where there might be a noise complaint, mm-hmm. um, anything uh, else you'd like to contribute. So, to
0: so sort of speaking of that, one, uh, I think a number two good uh, policy would be uh, we don't interfere with the lives of the people, you know. I mean, we're not here to to disrupt anything.
1: Yeah, even separate from from the police and, and law authorities, we, we don't want to interfere with the lives of uh, our neighbors, for example. We don't want to speak too loudly. We want to make sure we're in a quiet area. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got you know insulation in the walls. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, the of course. To sound a little bit,
0: and we we don't want to distract it. You know, we want we want to keep society functioning as 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 normal. You know, right? We're not here to ruffle any feathers. We just want to make our point known. You know, as 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 calmly as possible.
2: The third
1: value, the third value that uh, that we adhere by in this podcast is that we don't disturb social order. Mm, mm. So kind of similar to the previous
0: one, but. I think I have a fourth value that I'd like to espouse here, real quick, uh, if you don't mind. If you don't, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, a good thing is that we, we should think about the fact that you know we we have to have power before others will reason with us. So, uh, though uh, we, don't, we don't, want to, don't want to disturb anyone, we do want to have make sure we have power. So, right? Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, how, why would anyone listen to us if we if we don't have a uh, you know a, a strong a strong uh, amount of power? So, Hunter, do we commit to those values? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff. Good stuff.
1: That's the new opening to every episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, if the, if this is you can get Chinese copies, it's pretty funny, I'm all for it.
3: Hmm.
0: Be the official uh, you know, podcast of the People's Republic of Chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I put the gun to my head. Mm. Do I not? You do indeed. Alright, just to remind you. In chamber number two, you got Snake and Eagle Shadow, okay? Yeah. One of the films that made Jackie Jackie. Yep. Number three, you got chamber number three, which is Miracles. Probably his uh, most indulgent film, a remake of a uh, Frank Capra movie in the 30s. Okay. Number four, you got the aforementioned Mr. Nice Guy, all right? And in, uh, mm-hmm. number five is the uh, bullet, which is to say Founding Republic uh, three times. All right? Got those numbers lined up in your head? Yep. All right. So let's get this here. Okay, are you ready? I'm closing my eyes. Cause I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see it. Okay. All right. I'm clicking generate. What do you think the number is going to be, Gil? What are, you, what are you hoping for right now?
1: Uh, I'm hoping for a miracle or okay. miracles, as okay. it were.
0: Okay, I'm hoping that you get a value of republic so I don't have to watch it. All right. Okay. Got the thing here. I'm clicking down the mouse. And you got number three, which is, in fact, Miracles. Oh, sweet. <laughs> no. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Oh, God. I don't. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't like this one bit. <laughs> Uh, Shall we uh, move on to uh, Prince Numero Uno? Well, yes, but
1: I know that you won't take the opportunity because you want to speed through this podcast, but (laughs) um, I've already given the listeners an update on what's happening with me and my situation Uh, at length. But uh, what is happening with you?
0: um, Nothing at all.
2: All right, moving on. Project time, it's project time. Project time, it's project time. Project time, it's project time. Project time, it's project time.
0: So let's talk about Purple Rain.
1: Well, let's talk about Prince first briefly. No. We don't need to go into huge detail here, but we need to just establish our uh, respective credentials when it comes to The Little Man.
0: Okay, I think previous to this week, I had uh, listened to exactly one Prince song. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe two, but I really listened to only one, which is 1999. Good song, you know. Um, Maybe I'd heard Kiss on the radio sometimes. I don't know. But that's about it. Didn't really think about him. Didn't really care. That's it. Okay. What about what about you?
1: Uh, I have quite a storied history with him. I had this kind of weird, ambivalent relationship to his music when I was a kid. And my brother and I were watching his music videos mm. uh, on TV. Because that we were kind of like a little bit put off and threatened by... The sexual energy on display, <laughs> I guess. When we were like prepubescent kids, and, and then and kind then of after weird. after
0: you reached your maximum height, you're like, oh, he, he's just, you know, he's, he's about as tall as I am. So he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the you know the the sort of androgynous look, all that sort of stuff,
1: was mm. kind of weird to to me as a kid, and and I didn't understand the music at all. The only exception was, uh, I remember my brother and I loved the song Seven. Uh, which is from the love symbol record which is an amazing song Mm. so we kind of we kind of did have an ambivalent love-hate relationship uh with his stuff at that time but for a long period of time i kind of just dismissed him um it was just like that's not for me and i didn't really get the music at all and then i think over time you get kind of this dawning realization of how critically respected his his canon was Mm. especially his 80s output And, um, and then as a teenager at a certain point after I had, you know, developed my taste away from stuff like the offspring. And as I talked about on a previous episode, got heavily into Neil Young and sort of expanded out from there. Mm. Um, eventually I got to the point where I was like, you know, I really want to get what, what Prince is all about. I think I was persuaded by a, um, a video clip of raspberry beret that people would frequently program on um, mm-hmm. a show called Rage in Australia mm-hmm. late at night. I would see that all the time. And I, I, it's that's kind of an irresistible song. And I think if you're kind of put off by the less melodic, sort of funky workout Prince material that I was as a kid, it's hard to resist, you know, the the joy, the pop choice of something like Raspberry Beret. And I was like, I kind of get it now. And then I wanted to, Dive deep, and the first album that I, I bought was indeed Purple Rain. And then from then on, I became quite a big fan, and I think I own.
0: Well, but it's funny you said, because you're you're a pretty small guy. I'm taller than Prince, though. But Prince has probably had sex with more women than you have, so.
1: I'd say undoubtedly. Um, you can gauge my level of fandom uh, for a particular artist by how many. You know records I have of them respectively in my collection, and I think Prince, I might have the most Prince records of any other artist.
0: Well, he certainly, he certainly, he certainly had the most uh, to choose from with
1: him. The contenders are Neil Young and Bob Dylan. They're probably the three artists of uh, whose records I own the most mm-hmm.
0: of. Uh, let's see. Well, let me just look at my record collection right now. Alright, so I have one by uh, Kiko Yano, okay, uh, and then I have two uh, CDs here that I got for free in my lobby. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, uh, let's see. Distant Worlds One and Distant Worlds Two, um, which are both uh, Final Fantasy records. Uh, They're just are, like compilations that have been like orchestrated. Um, so I think uh, I think I have to go with uh, uh, Final Fantasy being my favorite musician of all time, based, <laughs> on, based on your methodology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't say it was a universal methodology, but it's a universal I'm
0: just using your methodology. I don't understand why you're, mm. why you're being such a, so, so frissy about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, all of which is to say that, yeah, he's one of my favorite
0: artists. Mm.
1: Along with the two artists we focused on
0: previously. Yeah, we got we got to start doing some of my favorite artists. Unfortunately, mine have not been especially prolific in uh, music and uh, film. So. <laughs> Well, there's that fanny Final Fantasy movie. That's
1: true.
0: <laughs> we should do an episode of that. There's actually two Final Fantasy movies. So, well, there's actually three. Uh, I think Two of which I've seen. All right, let's talk about a Purple Ring. Let's do it. All right. Uh, insert your great Prince uh, uh, homage right here. Dad is
2: a boot now. The mom is a son. dancing all night the time is wrong the revolution is right I'm gonna sing my song the band is so tight oh baby is the water too cold I
0: got a purple cold right. <clears throat> Minneapolis 1980s the kid, who is played by Prince, is an uh, act at a nightclub, played by a real nightclub. Um,
1: <laughs> Which real nightclub?
0: It's called First Avenue, right? Yeah, that's it. And uh, it's a real uh, nightclub that Prince actually played at. Uh, mm-hmm. And made famous. So basically he's there. Uh, another act is uh, Morris Day. Uh, playing a
1: character named... No, the act isn't Morris
0: Day, it's The Day. Time. Yeah, yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> or Morris Day and The Time. Yeah.
0: Either way. And uh, Morris Day has played a character named Morris Day. The Time, we're playing a band called The Time. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and the kids' act is called The Revolution, which is also Prince's backy band at this time. Yes. Um, and there's isn't there supposed to be another act? I invented this.
1: Yeah, there's another act called um, uh, The Modern Heirs. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Des Dickerson and, and The Modern Heirs. Mm. Des Dickerson was in the revolution, say.
0: So. Okay. <laughs> uh, Prince founded the time, right? Or <laughs> he brought them together yes. anyway. So <laughs> it's all it's all Prince, Prince projects, basically. <laughs> He's the Svengali behind it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, yeah, the kid is uh, kind of on the outs because his music is too weird. Um, or at least that's what the, the you know, in the diegesis of the film, you know. That's what the film contends, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, got, we got to ignore the fact that, you know, Purple Rain is, is one of the best-selling albums of all time, and, uh, you know, the film was, you know, set one of the highest-grossing movies of the year, it was released, so... But kind of unexpectedly,
1: I would say. Like, no one Mm. wanted the film. They did, Mm. and it was pitched and and written by people who hadn't made films before and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) like uh, Prince's Manager at the time.
1: Well, he became Prince's Manager later on, I think.
0: Are you sure about that?
1: Yeah. It's not, it's like Albert Magnoli, who who directed it. it, was not like Prince's Manager, who then became a director for this film.
0: Oh, huh. There was yeah, just a
1: later know. point where he acted as printer's manager or something like that.
0: Wow, that's funny. That's funny.
1: I, I don't even remember why, but like they met for oh, they this met project. For this didn't bring okay. his manager in to direct it. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um,
0: that was, was their impression. I was under...
1: And the reason the film was made is that as part of his like contract negotiations with his label, mm. he insisted upon being in a, a film that stars him <laughs> or something like that's that. That's really funny. And it was like kind of an audacious request given that he'd only had a couple of hits at that point. He had had hits, obviously. The stuff yeah, on 1999 yeah. was was a breakout MTV success. But
0: clearly, this is the thing that pushed him into the stratosphere in terms of fame. Yeah,
1: but this was like... It was still like a huge ask for a, an act of his status at the time mm. um, to get his own film. So there was like... It was kind of bizarre that it ended up being made, but it's like he, he got a lot of things done by sheer force of will and... Yeah, clearly Prince is a
0: very, uh, you know, he's somebody who will convince you to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about later, I think. Um, but so uh, that's not the only character. There's the, uh, uh, what's her name? Apollonia, uh, who's mm-hmm. kind of a, a drifter. He uh, comes into town and, um, you know, Prince wants to fuck her. <laughs> Morris Day wants to fuck her. <laughs> <I> mean <laughs> There's a lot of musical numbers. Well, there's also Prince's troubled home life. Yeah, we see kids, uh, the uh, uh, abusive relationship that his parents share. Yeah. Um, You see his cool basement apartment in their house. Um, and uh, that's pretty much the movie. There's a lot of musical performances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, worst Mor- Day makes, uh, Apollonia into, uh, a band, uh, which Prince did in real life too, uh, called the Apollonia Six, right? Yep. Terrible, terrible name for a band.
1: <laughs> well, he also had a band, uh, with another protege called Vanity, called Vanity Six. So.
0: <laughs> and Vanity was supposed <laughs> to be, uh, the film, but, uh. Apparently Vanity turned away uh, way for music and acting to career to constitute on evangelism. Evangelism, I mean to say.
1: Evangelism, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a little wacky. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's the film, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I had seen this before a long time ago. Um, I hadn't seen it since. So it's been... It's been maybe like 15 years since I actually last saw it. Um, But I believe this is the first time you've seen it, correct?
0: That is correct. And this is the first time I had heard any of the songs of the soundtrack besides uh, When Dubs Cry. Wow. So what did you make of it? Um, You know, I I enjoyed this film quite a bit, actually. It's got a very uh, squeezy vibe, I think, which I could get on board with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, the performances are great. I mean, it's no wonder that Prince became such a huge star because, like, you know the best bits of this movie are by far the musical performances. I think you know they're so energetic and, and they do a great job of like just capturing like just this sheer like energy and force of will of the band exuded, You know, yeah. And he's such a he's such a fucking talent. Um, the music's also pretty great. Um, so I enjoyed it that way. I do think it is like a, you know kind of <laughs> there are parts of it that have not aged well. You know, hmm. uh, it's also too long. <laughs> I think it's gonna kind of taffy my uh toes at the end of it you know i really don't know why he, he decided to uh have a a uh song after purple rain i thought that was kind of strange um but i, I will say also uh, i loved uh, the performance by uh Day. i thought it was really funny and uh also, really enjoyed uh, Jerome Bitten as his like uh, toady slash sidekick, and I thought they had great chemistry. And I uh, enjoyed other antics. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, they're, they're, I, I do think again this movie has some like uh, weird stuff about uh, women <laughs> and uh, abuse, uh, but uh, you know, overall, I thought it has a like, it, it's got a good vibe. and It looks great. And I like the fact that it was shot in Minneapolis, you know, and surrounding environments. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically all the thoughts I have. <laughs> what, what did you think of this uh, long-awaited uh, rewatching of, um, of this film? Uh,
1: similar reaction. Um, I, I would say the first time I saw it, and I was a huge fan when I first saw the film um, years ago, um, I was a little underwhelmed by it in terms of the bits that aren't the performances. Mm. A little lukewarm on some of that stuff, as, as you were, too. Um yeah, like the the depiction of, of abuse in his family and, and that sort of stuff is pretty poorly handled, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. And just the bit bits where like, you know, he beats her and I found the date scene to be really creepy, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, in the context of the fact that he later then hits her. Yeah. It's, makes it it's even worse. Creepier. Yeah. Um and you know, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with like showing the fact that. No. Uh, he's you know, struggling with reconciling you know that influence from his father,
0: who was abusive to his mother. Uh, his father, who was uh, 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 too bold, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's that sensitive treatment of abuse from Project
0: Plus. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what about his mother who... What's the other one?
1: <laughs> she's Never Satisfied is also... No, there. She's Never Satisfied. That's what I was thinking. Oh. Because that song... Oh, it was written for the film, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's literally supposed to be about these no. characters. No. But because that is in the film and those lines are, like, in the film... It makes it kinda of more troubling because it yeah, just presents yeah. abuse yeah. Oh, he's, too, oh, he's bold. too bold and the mother His is, mother is not never satisfied, satisfied despite maybe this be guy. Maybe if he beat her, maybe maybe beat
0: her, her. more, she would be more satisfied, you know. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little, yeah. And the scene where he beats her is pretty bad. So a lot of that stuff hasn't aged well,
1: even if obviously the the intent of the film is not to like glamorize or make light of
0: the abuse. Yeah.
1: I think I think the biggest problem with the film. Is that the narrative parts around the performances take themselves too seriously?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that
1: tonally feels a little bit off from Prince as an artist, because obviously he's not like completely irreverent or humorous as a as an act. No, but there is that element in his performances that or that sense of fun.
0: Yeah, you you get that more in uh, in uh, Under the Cherry Moon, I think, is the best film that that uh, you know like. Uh, translates that quality
1: We'll talk about that later Yeah so, so you get that quality In the musical performances here And then It's like Strung together By some pretty like Dull Whatever like, stuff Narrative Especially yeah. about his home life I mean there are like yeah. The humorous scenes Like the one The date you mentioned And the stuff with Morris Day and uh, Jerome
0: <laughs> I mean I love the stuff With Morris Day I was fucking dying In the scene Like where- that stuff
1: is fun But like the <laughs> stuff that, that tries to Deal with his home life Is a slog to get through
0: what do you, what do you think about the uh what do you think Purple Rain the the music do you do you enjoy the the soundtrack of this film
1: The soundtrack's great like it's a great record um it's not my favorite prince record but it's hard Me to neither. deny It's hard to deny it like in terms of yeah. what's on there and
0: Yeah definitely So
1: like because it was my first exposure with like listening to Prince properly mm. um and not just experiencing him sort of secondhand via via music videos and stuff Um I have a lot of like memories like tied up with listening to this record in particular mm-hmm. and especially like the opening track let's let's go crazy and take me with you um like just that opening to the record kind of floored me when i first gave it a proper listen so i still really like the record but it's 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 not my favorite
0: gotcha all right uh, should we uh, move on to trivia
1: let's do it
2: Is drunk. Mastermind. The mastermind
1: is drunk. I've got some um, gingerbread spiced rum. <laughs> <laughs> got In my never ending bottle.
0: Got some grapefruit <laughs> um, vodka. Hit me. Olga Carlados, the Greek actress who plays Prince's mom, or the kid's mom rather, has had a somewhat fastidious life.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to get this. I know nothing about
0: her. <laughs> Can you tell me in which British overseas territory she was admitted to the Bar Association in 2012 <laughs> at the tender
1: age of 65? I can't think of one that they still possess.
0: Well, the answer moment. is the answer is Bermuda, Bermuda. Ah. Which is a British overseas territory.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right,
0: trick up. <laughs> it's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know what, you're, fuck you. You ask me dumb questions all the time.
1: <laughs> I tried to be fair with this one. You ready?
0: <laughs> you, you, if you had clicked on our Wikipedia page, you would have seen the same thing. <laughs> you
1: ready? Mm-hmm. Is a nice uh, Purple Rain-related question for you. What was the title <laughs> of the original script? What was the title of the original script written by
0: William Blynn? Oh, I don't know.
1: Uh, the answer is Dreams.
0: Mm, okay, I'll take a drink. <laughs> um, okay. <coughs> Though the film presents it as a lake, the famous not Lake Minnetonka scene was actually felt on a stretch of the Minnesota River. can you tell me which river the Minnesota River is a tributary of?
1: <laughs> the Minnesota River is a tributary of
0: uh, I don't know the Mississippi Delta oh, you got it right actually it is the Mississippi really? <laughs> yeah wow see that I didn't think that question was unfair because it was you named the major American River you get <laughs> like. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> right, what's your next question? Another
1: prince protege, Vanity, was originally p- supposed to play the love interest before being replaced by Apollonia. According to the director, Albert McNally, Vanity left the project to work on which Project A-plus featured film?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> 84, right? Uh,
1: 84 was when the film came out. I'm not talking about, the, um, I mean, talking about Purple Rain, not the film she went to work
0: yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of what films we did that came out around that. I'll give you a clue. She
1: doesn't actually end up appearing in the film. <laughs> That's not helpful. But that was the reason why she left to work on it.
0: Uh, last Temptation of Christ.
1: Correct. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she was supposed to play Mary Magdalene. No, in no original, way! <laughs> yeah, in the original version that was going to be made earlier with,
0: uh, with Ray Davies. <laughs> I don't know if Ray Davies ever like signed on. I think you did. But yeah, you got it. Uh, the, the other guess I was gonna, uh, the other guess that I was gonna say was gonna be uh, Interspace. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to winning the Academy Award for Best Original Song Score, and it was the last film to ever win this award. The film was also nominated for a couple of Razzies or Golden Raspberries. Can you tell me which of the the mini tunes featured in the film received a nomination for worst original song?
1: Um, I actually remember this for uh, "Under the Cherry Moon," but not for "Purple Rain." <laughs> it's kind of weird to think of like nominating any one of those songs as like, oh, this is the worst song.
0: I think it'll be a surprise to you when I tell you which one it is.
1: I'm going to say it's probably not Let's Go Crazy. Probably not The Beautiful Ones. It's probably not Take Me With You. Um, Is it Purple Rain itself?
0: Nope. The uh, actual answer is Sex Shooter.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did know that, actually. I did read that. I forgot that that was even in the film, but yeah. (laughs) Because it's not on the soundtrack. Uh, Last question for you. Prince cast Apollonia after seeing her on an episode of which TV show?
0: Oh, I read this. Oh, my God. I can't remember.
1: Uh, It is, of course, course, the classic show that everyone remembers, (laughs) Tales of the Gold Monkey.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: Which was a show that was meant to capitalize on the success of Raiders of the Lost Ark, (laughs) which sounds great.
0: Yeah, but it's but it's terrific. <laughs> all right. uh Should we get to uh, go on to Under the Cherry Moon? Let's do it.
2: Take places that you never go. Catching records from a red stone. I'm in love with all the jewels you wear. Give them to trickies you for the tricky...
1: Uh, So, Under the Cherry Moon is Prince's second feature. This one directed by Prince himself. From 1986. From a screenplay credited to one Becky Johnson. Johnston. Johnston. And uh, it centres on uh, Prince and his buddy Jerome from the time. And uh, what are they? They're both gigolos. (laughs) <laughs> and they're in France for some reason. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're, they're two gigolos. They like um, swindling French women out of their money. Mm. Wealthy French women. And uh, then uh, they come into contact with uh, Kristen Scott Thomas in her debut role. Mm.
0: He plays an heiress.
1: And uh, Prince, as Christopher Tracy, falls in love with Mary. And uh, then Steven Berkhoff shoots him.
0: <laughs> that's not real. Well, one of his men. And one of his goons does.
1: What else do you want to say about the plot?
0: No, no, that's, that's it. You did a sufficient job. Thanks, bro. You to a little low energy. What happened?
1: I'm drinking, um...
0: <coughs>
1: gingerbread-flavored
0: rum. Why? <Wine. laughs> Why don't you just have some wine?
1: Because I feel like we should punish ourselves with the trivia segments.
0: No, it should be fun.
1: Yeah, but, should we, but there should be, like, an incentive to get the questions right and stump the other person.
0: All right, Hugh, uh, what do you think about Under the Cherry Moon? Under the Cherry Moon.
1: Uh, so I saw this um, shortly following Purple Rain back in the day, which, again, would be, like, over 15 years ago. And uh, while I was a little bit disappointed in Purple Rain... Mm. I was very A-pointed with Under the Cherry Moon. I <laughs> loved it then. I love it now. There's nothing wrong with it. It's basically a flawless masterpiece.
0: Mm. It's inter- that's interesting you say that, hero.
1: Why? What, what do you have to say about this film?
0: Well, uh, I think I would say that I agree with you. It's a great film. I loved every second of it. I thought it was funny. I, I loved the vibe, the, the, just the strange vibe. The soundtrack is uh, uh, fantastic, you know? And uh, it's just it's just a good time at the movies, you know?
1: It, yeah, it beats Purple Rain on all fronts. Like, it corrects the problems of uh, Purple Rain's narrative, that sort of self-serious quality that, that didn't work particularly well with Prince, I don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, might be this very weird, goofy comedy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that doesn't take itself seriously at all.
1: <laughs> and um, although... Although the, the music is less of a feature of this film, there's only one like musical performance in it, really. The, the soundtrack is, is all the Prince uh, music from the Parade album. Mm. The Parade album is much better than Purple Rain, I think, as, as a record. It's one of my favourite Prince records. And uh, it's used excellently here. And I do like the fact that it is more of a straightforward narrative and there's only that one musical performance. yeah. Uh, it makes it feel more like its own thing, its own film. Um, but, yeah, it's so much fun just hanging out yeah. in, uh, you know, the French Riviera with <laughs> with Prince and, and Jerome.
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I just love the... It's so funny to me that it was in black and white, too. Like.
1: I believe it was actually filmed in color mm. and
0: then it was made
1: black and white in post-production. I know Prince wanted it black and white, anyway. But I think that was the agreement with the studio. So I think um, we should mention Michael Ballhaus, a famous cinematographer, mm. uh, was behind the lens.
0: You know, in between, um, you know, his early work with uh, rader Fast Fassbender, and his later work with Barz Scorsese, he collaborated with the greatest director of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I believe um, I believe he lit it and shot it knowing it was going to be in black and white. Which mm. is why it looks so good in black and white. Like, you wouldn't know. It wasn't intended to for that.
0: It looks, yeah, it looks good.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think they leaked some, like, test footage where it, you can see it's in color. And also, like, the video from Mountains, the actual released, like, MTV clip for Mountains, mm. is in color. It's in color. And it's the same footage that we see in this film.
0: Mm. But uh, unlike, you know, Purple Rain, where at the end of it I was, like, it's ready to go, you know? There's too many songs today to did Purple Rain. This movie has the best, the best possible note to end on. You know, <laughs> you to get this great song. You're tapping your foot. Everyone's having fun. It's great.
1: Yeah, Mountains is such a great song and a great note to end the film on, especially after like oh, he the main characters died, like Prince. Gets it's like shot.
0: ah, it's fine. You know.
1: But then it's like ah, he's in heaven playing Mountains. Who cares? Like it's all good.
0: <laughs> it's such a funny note to end the film on. You know, It really undercuts like the indie, indie tragedy you might have felt from like watching him die, like. <laughs> I couldn't find
1: any, like, direct quotes from Michael Ballhaus about this. I did mm. find an interview with him that's all in German where they actually ask him specifically about his experience. Mm. And um, I tried to use that uh, Android Google Translate feature, uh-huh. which did sort of semi-work because it's like a kind of bad photocopy of this uh, magazine article in German. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, whatever, whatever was able to be rendered in English was fairly hard to make heads or tail of, so <laughs> unfortunately, until one of us learns German.
0: Uh, I know, a little different.
1: Well, I can send you the, the magazine article <laughs> and you can translate in real time.
0: Yeah, yeah, sounds great. I guess it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> Fine.
2: <laughs> Give me one second.
0: There's
1: so All right. So I'm sending you an CD. interview with Michael Ballhaus in German. Uh, Hunter, you know, German okay. very well. You're fluent. You're going to translate in real time for us. Uh,
0: it's, it's had to I had, uh, uh the cameraman, uh, Michael Ballhaus, uh, CD. Um, uh, he had in a TV interview, um, <laughs> uh, okay, that's all I got <laughs>
3: How was that?
1: Well, I think that definitely uh, Enriches our understanding Of uh, his involvement on this film
0: I love the scene where, where They're eating dinner And Prince is like, I'm not afraid to die mm. <laughs> And then Jerome's like Are you afraid of pats? <laughs> and it's just the camera pants up And there's just pats at the ceiling I don't that's so funny especially given his later involvement on the Batman soundtrack. It's mm, true. Um, but I, I really can't imagine like w- w- why do people not like this movie? Was it, is it just like cuz it's not purple Raid? or I just don't I just don't get it. It's so much fun. That was part of the
1: problem certainly. Um like it was a it was a commercial flop and a critical flop at the time. Yeah. Um and the fact that it wasn't, like, centered on perf- musical performances as well is another issue. Mm.
0: And I think, I th- I think it, it, it definitely has, like, a camp quality, which can kind of be, at least at the time, it was, like, kind of problematic, you know? Yeah. But, which I love. Uh, I think also people
1: thought that on its own terms, like, as this, like, romantic comedy drama, it failed. And many people, even the people who now defend the film... Usually mm. point towards the lack of chemistry between um, Prince
0: and <laughs> Chris and Scott Thomas. I mean, they're not exactly wrong, but who cares? Like,
1: it's <laughs> certainly like I wouldn't say the script is magnificent.
0: Yeah, but but it's just the energy that Prince and Jerome bring to it. You know, they have they have great they have great chemistry. It's just, like, you know, you're watching these these guys, like, just live it up. I don't know. I, I thought it was, like, delightful, you know?
1: Yeah, there's, like, great music. There's a great atmosphere. You're just like, hanging out in this, in this wonderful world. The performances are fun. We haven't really talked about Prince as an actor yet. Like, we didn't really discuss that in terms of Purple Rain. He
0: doesn't really do much acting in Purple Rain, so...
1: No, but, like, I don't think he's a bad... As musicians go, I don't think he's a bad actor. Like, certainly, like... His charisma is still evident.
0: kind of He kind of reminds me of Bowie to me. You know what I mean? Where he's like, he works as like a presence. I yeah. Think kind of an androgynous uh, aura that they share, you know?
1: Yeah, like they work as a presence, even if like technically they may not be Yeah, the
0: they're best not, not proficient. Yeah. But he's he so fucking funny in this it's movie. Not bad. And he's funny, there's a lot of fun in this movie. <gasps> You know, is, is the film, like, a believable? But no, it's, like, this weird, like, fantasy film. So who, who cares about, like, that, that, that sort of, like, realism is so, like, distant from what's enjoyable about it, you know? Yeah. And it just looked like it was a lot of fun to, to do this movie, you know? So, so yeah, I, I give it my highest, highest remarks. I, yeah, it's just just absolute delight from start to finish.
1: I was reading about the fact, like, he's watching all these European art movies when he was making this film. Uh-huh. Um, and old Hollywood uh, films as well. Obviously people have compared it to uh, Fellini. Mm. Um, but apparently he was also watching a razor I think he was also watching a razor
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what influenced him to, to switch it to black and white. <laughs> you know, it's it, i I feel like, I feel like I could watch something I was having a bad day and it was just like, you know, really uplifting. You'd be like, Yeah. Yeah, you know? I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the perfect lake. It doesn't outstay its welcome at all. And then he's just so tremendous. Alright, um, Do you want to move on to trivia or do you have anything else you want to talk about? Let's move on to trivia. Speaking of the Razzies, Under the Cherry Moon was nominated and won several. Can you tell me which George Lucas project it shared the award for worst picture?
1: 1986. I'm going to say Howard the
0: Duck. Oh, you are correct. Good, good, good job there. All right, I'll, I'll drink up.
1: In a rare positive review for the film, mm. the Village Voices Jay Hoberman proclaimed Prince the wittiest heterosexual clown since who?
0: <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just say Chaplin. I don't know. No, nope. Mae West. Hmm. Uh, I guess I'll take another drink. Actually, Jay Hoberman is, is quoted on the back of my uh, recently purchased Blu ray, so. <laughs> and uh, it's hard to disagree with this quote a highly enjoyable circus. Princess fun is infectious. That's 100% true. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> my second question goes a little something like this Francesca Annis, the actor who plays Miss Wellington, has had a storied career. Can you tell me which David Lynch film she has a leading role in? Is it The Elephant Man? It is not The Elephant Man. The correct answer is Dune.
2: Ah,
3: okay.
0: She plays Lady Jessica, a film that I just bought on uh, Ultra 4K (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray. Another Uh, uh, film modded that I adore. All right, let's hear it. Who
1: was originally cast as Mary's father before being replaced by Stephen Burkhoff? Hmm,
0: I want to say, uh, ooh, I got to think about this one. Uh, I'm no, pretty you sure. Uh, it's Jared stamp <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. You ready for my last question? I hope it's the same. <laughs> Can you tell me, okay. Which Star Wars episode one, of the Phantom Menace <laughs> actor, <laughs> was originally set to play Barry's father, but quit a few weeks into production, necessitating the casting of Stephen Burkhoff.
1: Well, yours is a better phrase than mine, but the answer <laughs> remains Terrence Stamp.
0: Mm, you're correct. All right, I'll I won't drink to that.
1: He was so close to being in the two greatest films ever, made.
0: What's your last question?
1: Uh, my last question is... Jerome Benton later appeared in which classic 2001 film?
0: (laughs) That's it? Yeah. No other details besides it's a 2001 film? 2001 film
1: that uh, you have seen. Spider-Man. No?
0: (laughs) Fuck off. It is. (laughs) That's anonymous.
1: (laughs) I will say it's like... It's Project A Plus
0: Worthy. <laughs> Fuck off. It's Spider-Man.
1: No, it's uh, Jay and
0: Silent Bob Strike Back. No. <laughs> okay, that's, that's funny. It's funny you say that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and shall we uh, move on to uh, Side of the Times? or I guess we have to do Pulitzer Story first.
2: Police Story. Pass a piece of pizza, baby. I want some pizza. Lay me out a slice. You fell and feature for me it's the story.
0: did you eat did you eat pizza today
1: <laughs> well not today nor the previous day nor any time recently really did you nope
0: <laughs> Sweet. all right, we're back in the party for you <laughs>
2: Pass a piece of pizza baby.
0: Right, uh, let's let's move on to the uh, side side of the times. Sylvia bought me pie and a little coffee too. So better cut my eye
2: rather than me she was gonna break my heart. Said anything else now, hun? I said no, but wait. Can you put the radio on my favorite song? It was pop music. Cut my life into.
0: This isn't such a uh, hard film to introduce, because it's just a concert recording of uh, Prince's Sion of the Times uh, tour. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. <laughs> there yeah. is like some attempt
1: at narrative. So there's like th- these little interludes and vignettes where they, um, some of the performers act out a little scene, and that kind of runs yeah. through some of the songs, even simultaneous with the performances. Mm. At points But it's not much
0: Of a story it's Kind of impossible To set It's just What What was he thinking about You know
1: It's just like Prince And like A, a hot young woman He wants to fuck <laughs>
0: What What other films Does that remind me of? <laughs> <laughs> okay Let's just dive into it what, what, uh, you know, to, to be honest I, I, I enjoyed this film Enough But I kind of I kind of zoned out During it I didn't really like it. Obviously I was Paying attention But it's kind of hard for me to uh, get into, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, part of it is that uh, I think... I just don't really have an affinity for concept films. I find them kind of boring and hard to watch, you know? Uh, I will say, like, you know, obviously the set design is great. Um, even when I when I watched the film, I hadn't out of the times at all. And I, it kind of the music kind of balanced off me. So I kind of was like... Uh, you know, just, just try to watch it, um, but I like the sets, I like the bit where the drummer like drums really hard and then sort of slapping the cymbals with their hands, I thought that was great, um, but aside from that, this film didn't really make much of a impression on me, if I'm being honest, maybe I'll rewatch it in in a couple years, uh, after having, you know, become a complete uh, Acolyte of Prince, and I love it, but, uh, you know, I... I I don't particularly like concert films, and I found it hard to. I have found it kind of hard to get through this one, just because again, I just don't really have a affinity for the album that it's touring, or at least I didn't at the time I was watching it. Well, how does it uh, stack up
1: for you compared to some other concert films that we've featured on this podcast, such as Ziggy Stardust?
0: Well, I definitely, I definitely appreciate. I mean, it's hard for me to put my mind in in the headspace of that because. It's like how how would I watch like Ziggy Sardos or Rust Ever Sleeps if I didn't already appreciate the songs that are being played? You know what I mean? Hmm. But I mean, I do think I do think there are some really admirable parts of this. Obviously, this is like a really you know famous tour, and I'm glad that this record of it exists. And I like the I like the production design. I like you know I like the stuff about it. But yeah, it's just it's, it's just kind of a hard hard sit for that reason. You know what I
1: mean?
0: Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about this, Valve? <laughs>
1: So for me, as far as like concert films go, it might be my favorite.
0: Mm. I definitely, I definitely preferred uh, *Rust Never Sleeps and, and Ziggy Stardust.
1: We, we both enjoyed um, *Rust Never Sleeps, which I think is one of the better ones as well. But *Rust Never Sleeps is a little long and compared to this, that, this is, that is definitely true. Uh, compared to that, this is a pretty tight 80 minutes, which is a much better length for a concert film.
0: I would agree.
1: Because it, it is exhausting. Like if you're at the actual concert, you want it to go longer, but if you're just sitting at home watching it, it does get exhausting once you like press past the 90 minute mark, especially no matter how much you're enjoying the music.
0: Especially if you're just watching it on a, on a computer, you know, like I was.
1: Yeah. So I, so I think 80 minutes is like the perfect length. Mm. Um, you already called out, uh, you know, the, the set design, which is great. And I, I, I second that. I love the atmosphere of the, the stage performance Mm. um and the the aesthetic that goes hand in hand with the excellent cover image for the sign of the times record itself Mm -hmm. Um, feels like a nice piece with that i love all the costumes that prince wears and his choice of his use of color yeah for sure in particular uh, which sort of contribute to that palette that was established by the record cover and the, the set design um some really excellent performances here, mm. many of which were not actually live; they were done in the, in the studio. Well,
0: the the music was all live, right?
1: I think so. Although I'm not sure about the vocals. I uh, know.
0: I read. No, I think I think it was all. I think it was all live, and they synced up. They they synced up the performance to it later.
1: You mean they're performing to a live recording?
0: To audio recorded in Rotterdam and Antwerp.
1: Oh. Ah, so. okay.
0: That that makes it almost more impressive
1: in a way. I could tell the vocals weren't live. Mm. Just like you can tell from the proximity to the microphone because if you don't actually have to like sing to the microphone, yeah, um, singers tend to like just sort of do their own thing in a way that would not quite work if you were really conscious of how close your mouth needed to be to project and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was clear that, that something was, was off there, but it doesn't really feel like, a cold recreation of something no. still feels like an amazing performance. Yeah. I, I agree. So I find that. it's really interesting given that there is that level of artifice and it's not just yeah. capturing an actual performance. Yeah, for sure. In the same way. And it, yeah, just learning that uh, even though I noticed that something was off with the lip syncing, um, it doesn't make it feel like a lesser experience and maybe it makes it a better film because they had that control when they were filming those sections in the studio. Mm -hmm. that they otherwise may not have i mean i could do without some of the interludes i don't mind them there to kind of establish a mood but when you actually like hear the dialogue i I could do without that
0: Yeah, that's pretty 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 corny
1: (laughs) especially sometimes it it happens over the top of a performance like they they cut in the dialogue and it sounds really stupid
0: yeah definitely
1: but i didn't mind like mood and the idea of like cap being a character that's kind of introduced with this Mm. as a new protégé um that was that there's a there's a fun element to that as well um but Mm. yeah i think i I prefer it to pretty much all other heralded concert films like stop making sense and stuff i i
0: prefer i prefer prefer, uh dress over sleeps and and ziggy Stardust. i think but we'll see how i feel in a couple years you know Anyway, uh, should we do so much of you? Let's do it. Out of the Times was the number 143rd box office grocer of 1987 with approximately $3 million in revenue. Can you tell me which Eddie Murphy vehicle was the number one grocer that year with one hundred and fifty-seven or $153 million? Uh, what was it
1: 1987?
0: Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop 2? Oh, you got it right. Nice. <laughs> really?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: That was the number one film that year. I never would have gotten that question in a million years.
1: What was the title of the three LP version of Sign of the Times that was rejected by Warner Brothers?
0: Crystal Ball?
1: That's the one.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. You ready for my second question?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Though the film was intended to be shot on location in Rotterdam and Antwerp, most of the footage proved not to be Prince to Yeah, proved not to be to Prince's liking, which led it to reshoot the visual track of the film mostly in Paisley Park. Can you tell me the suburb of Minneapolis where Paisley Park is located?
1: I can't even think of a place.
0: The place is Chan Hassan.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't have got that.
0: Well, um, I thought you were a Prince fan, I guess not. <clears throat> you know, even where Beasley Park is located. Prince
1: disbanded the revolution prior to the release of the Sign of the Times record and the film of the same name. But mm. which member of the revolution remained in the band and appears in this film?
0: Uh, windy, right? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's Dr. Fink.
0: Oh. Well, never mind. I'm wrong. I don't know who that is.
1: The guy on keyboards wearing... Dr. Scrubs, and a stethoscope.
0: Ah. Well, I never would have gotten his name, so... (laughs) Okay, are you ready for my last question? Mm Mm-hmm. Though most of the film is comprised of original performances, one song is represented by the occlusion of its promotional music video. Which song is that? You Got a Look. Uh, (laughs) I I don't think I can give you credit for that, actually. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because the song is actually... uh, You got the look (laughs) That's
1: what I said No, you said you got a look I didn't say you got a look, it's you got the look You did, you said you got a look We can listen back to the audio, I know what (laughs) I said We will, we will I've never thought thought the song was (laughs) you got a look
2: Why would I say that?
0: That's that's what you said It's not what I said, that's what (laughs) you heard No, that's what you said
1: (laughs) Like the and uh sound pretty similar And that's probably what you heard, I accept that That's not what I said
0: Okay, whatever I'll, I'll drink alright what's your last question?
1: Uh, my last question is you're going to get this <laughs> <Am I? laughs> it's a pretty easy question that you've already answered <laughs> Okay. basically The film was originally intended to document live performances in two European countries. (laughs) Can you name either of these countries?
0: I can name both of them, actually. It's Rotterdam and Antwerp. (laughs) They're
1: not countries.
0: Oh, Belgium and the (laughs) Netherlands. Yes. But I have to take your first answer. (laughs) No way. No way. (laughs) Suck my D. Moving on. Bridges, sorry. So, we got one last uh, Prince film to talk about today. What's, what's that film called?
1: Uh, graffiti Bridge.
0: Mm. What is Graffiti Bridge? Well, actually, a graffiti bridge is a uh, bridge that used to be in Eden Prairie, which is another suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, it was actually torn down uh, post the release of this film. Uh. <laughs> did you enjoy that bit of, uh, of uh, trivia? I did.
1: Let me just rewrite one of my uh, questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you can't, you can't rewrite that. That's bullshit. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> um, okay, well, what what is what is Graffiti Bridge, the movie, about? And who is in it?
1: What is Graffiti Bridge? Um, it's a sort of bridge. spiritual successor to Purple Rain. Uh-huh. A sort of sequel. In that it seems to take place within the same universe, even though some details have been changed. Yep, yep. But once again, we have Prince playing the kid. Once again, we have Morris Day playing Morris Day. Um, But this time, they are owners of clubs. And they have rival clubs.
0: Morris Day seems to be running several clubs.
1: And they sort of have, like... Uh, they both have a stake in the Glam Slam Club. Mm, which is which the is Prince's Prince club. club.
0: Yeah. And uh, once again, Prince is uh, turning off people from coming to his to shows. He's not pulling in the money like he should.
1: So once again, Prince is playing the kid who plays shitty music that no one likes. <laughs> uh, this time we believe it. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> um, and then we have... Uh, another young, attractive <laughs> lady who Prince wants to fuck, and also Morris Day wants to fuck,
0: <laughs> but who neither of them do fuck actually.
1: Nope, and she plays Aura. <laughs> who is this
0: actress? Who is the she that uh, you? Ingrid Chavez. Mm. Another Prince for a day <laughs> uh.
1: And um, she's kind of an angel. She is. She's not kind of an angel. She is an angel. She's an angel.
3: Hmm.
0: It's pretty much the movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, she dies at the end, but she's an angel. So.
0: Yeah, but well, she's already dead. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of it? Um. Uh, you know. Uh, I. I. thought this film. Uh. <laughs> it's. It's so weird. It uh, is weird. I can't. I can't help but uh, I. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> no, I do think uh, the it's it's almost like the the uh, polarity of Purple Rain has been reversed. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. At least for me, where the uh, narrative segments are so strange and they're just so like odd that I really enjoyed those a lot. Some of the music performances are are good, um, but the uh, music was way less, less to my liking than uh, the music of Purple Rain is. Uh, mm-hmm. So I did. I didn't enjoy that as much, though. I did appreciate that it was only what like ninety something minutes, so that was, that was nice. Yeah, ninety minutes. It's it's got a very odd vibe. We, I mean, you know, unlike uh, this is this is like pure unadulterated Prince, right? You know. Yes. There's there's no one else who who, who did this. Movie. It was it was all Prince. I just I just enjoy that it exists on that level, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I done, didn't, you know, I. I I don't know. I definitely prefer, you know, Prince when he just wants to fuck girls, and less when he's, you know, talking about the uh, the the good ward. Uh, so I found that Christian Elva to be a little off-putting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just got some good music, but by and large, uh, I, I I I enjoyed myself for sure. And I enjoy just the odd vibe that the film has. I mean, it's got, you know, I've said this about um, I said this about a side of the times, but it's just got great sets. You know, I love the fact that it's like takes place in this like big, like fake city. And I just love all the like, I don't know, it almost feels like a, a like a sitcom block or something like that. But it has just like mm. this this strange, like, you know, dreamy vibe because they build all these like sets, you know, and I just like I just like how, how that feels. And I like the weird, like, intrusion of sometimes when they, like, you know, cut to actual Minneapolis and they're driving around, and then it's like, oh, now we're cutting back to a set, like, mm. you know. Uh, and I, I, I like, I just, I, I, I dig the vibe. Um, so, I would say mixed, but basically enjoyed it about as much as Purple Rain, so <laughs> there you go. What, what did you think of, what do you think about Graffiti Bridge?
1: <clears throat> well, you know what, I also dig the vibe the vibe is the main thing going for this film. I think um, I love I love the atmosphere of this film. I, I love the mm-hmm. way it's consciously artis- artificial. Yeah. In like contrast to the way that Purple Rain, you know, strive for some sense of realism with the narrative stuff. Yeah. This goes all out with the artificiality of its lighting and sets. Yeah. And what it always felt like to me was like music video world. <laughs> yeah. Because we had sure. seen the for way. Sure. Uh, Prince did his music videos up until this point. Mm-hmm. Kind of this lurid purple world filled with smoke machines and colored lighting. And just existing in that world is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Certainly you could argue the music is is um, less impactful than um, than Purple Rain. Um, but there are some, some great performances on here, and it does feature some of, at least one of Prince's best songs, I think, and Repetition, which was originally part of the recording for the 3 LP crystal ball mm, I, that was pared down for sign of the times like
0: did not uh, weave an impression of me at all
1: i think ingrid chavez as or is kind of a, a more rounded character than <laughs>
0: uh apollonia I don't, I maybe don't not know, rounded really, in the sense that there's any
1: depth to it but i just
0: there she's not there just to get fucked by friends like
1: yeah less less of a conventional sort of like you know prince protege love interest mm-hmm. character
0: I do like some of the music. Like, These in the Temple. That's a good song.
1: It is a good song, yeah. Yeah,
0: but definitely definitely the vibe. The, the vibe of the music is, is not... And I just think Prince just looks really strange in this film. You know what I mean? Like, like I kind of get, like, a, a, a like pastor vibe to him to some degree, you know? And that's part of, the, part of it's, like, the music that he's playing. But I don't know. I just think his outfit's, like... <laughs> this is definitely an era where, yeah, there was there was more of an off-putting
1: quality to the way Prince sort of presented himself. Um, Mm. But I still kind of dig that weird facial hair that he has (laughs) (laughs) that looks like it's painted on. Yeah, it's very odd. It's because it's so sculpted. Yeah.
0: It's It's really hard to
1: do. Um, So this is kind of like, this kind of is bleeding into my era of growing up with Prince. So I do have Mm. a fondness for that look as well, Um, especially around the next album. Or whatever it is, two albums away, which is the love symbol stuff. Mm. But I, I, I would say I much prefer this to Purple Rain. Mm. Like this is a better version of what Purple Rain wanted to be, where it's it's you'd really get to see what Prince would have done if he directed that.
0: I think I, I think if if the if you you added the music from Purple Rain to this film, it would be perfect. But mm. <laughs> I, I yeah, I just it is the I just kind of zoned out during all, uh, most of the musical performances, I'm sorry to say. I, really, I did enjoy the one uh, Time song, though. Uh, what's it called? Love Machine? I thought that was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, Love
1: Machine's good. Love Machine's good. <laughs> There's a, actually three Time
0: songs that you
1: probably zoned out during the other two. but <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, Love Machine I like. I actually like quite a lot of the songs that are featured on it. And I did just mm. listen to, while I was writing the trivia questions, i have listened to the whole soundtrack record, mm. which was like, way too long, like most of his 90s releases were. Mm. Um, but, like, song to song, there's always something to like in pretty much everything Prince mm. has ever done. So <laughs> even the bad stuff, you can still find something to enjoy with. Songs like New Power Generation, which was one of the singles I quite like. Eh. I eh. like Elephants and Flowers. Mm. Um, it sounds very mm. reminiscent of... Um, Michael Jackson's "Black or White," which was actually released mm. after this, so I thought it was like, I mean, and he wears like a black and white costume. I thought, is that like a comment on that song? But it actually predates it.
0: So. Uh, Michael Jackson's just ripped a while. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and join repetition, as I said, I really like and "Thieves in the Temple." So there's there's some good songs there, mm. um, and I, did, I I even quite dig the the second tier vibe of some of the time stuff and.
0: I wish this movie had more of. I wish this movie had more of the Morris Day like Jerome energy. You know, like they do have some yeah. fun bits, but it, it definitely feel it's definitely pared down from Purple Rain. Mm. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know anything else to say about Graffiti Bridge. I would definitely. Yeah, it's it's a fun time, but uh, you know, if if I were to recommend one movie for this batch, it would definitely be Under the Cherry Moon, like by far.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you're only gonna watch one, that's the one to yeah. watch. It's the perfect um. synth-
0: synthesis of fun and music, I think.
1: But in regards to Graffiti Bridge, we'll leave you with this quote from Prince himself. Mm. He said uh, that it was one of the most, uh, no, one of the purest, most spiritual, uplifting things I've ever done. It was non-violent, <laughs> positive, and had no blatant sex scenes. Maybe it will take people 30 years to get it. They trashed The Wizard of Oz at first, too. <laughs>
0: <I saw> that.
1: <laughs> uh, so that's from um, 30 years. How, what is it now?
0: It's it's 31 years after that. 31
1: years. There you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Uh Shall we move on to trivia? Let's do it. <laughs> which American Idol judge provided uncredited assistance to the film? American
1: Idol judge?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Which former American Idol judge?
1: I'm going to... Uh... Uh... <laughs> What's her
0: name? Waiting What? I'm waiting
1: Paula, what's her name?
0: We should tie her for this segment
1: All I remember is Paula (laughs) Yeah, what's the answer?
0: (laughs) Paula Abdul Oh, yeah, you got it (laughs) Is that it? Yep, she she, uh, helped choreograph the film. Nice. Great. What's your uh, first question? Uh,
1: (laughs) The bridge of the title is based on a real bridge (laughs) that was located in which part of Minnesota?
0: Eden Prairie. Correct. All right. uh, (laughs) Like Prince's other cinematic endeavors, Graffiti Bridge was nominated for a number of Razzies. Can you tell me which shock comedian fronted vehicle, which also co-starred Boris Day, won the Razzie for Worst Picture the year it was released? Do you want the name
1: of the film? Yeah. Or the name of the comedian? The name of the film. Because I remember the comedian is um, that (laughs) shitty comedian. (laughs) Forgot his name already.
0: The name of the film.
1: And it's like the adventures of someone of what's his name.
0: This is the second question to row where you've done this.
1: What the fuck is his name? I've forgotten <laughs> it already. He's in a Woody Allen movie. I know who he is. Like I I read about it, I was like, oh really. He's in a star is born. Um <laughs> is the film the adventures of his name? No. Okay, well then it doesn't matter, I'm gonna get it wrong anyway. <laughs>
0: so <Sorry>, just <laughs> Why, put me it's out of my misery. Okay, the answer is The Adventures of Ford Fairway And The actor in question Is uh, Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> Andrew Dice
1: Clay That's okay. it yep, yep. Uh, What is the name of the Club owner played by Legendary singer Mavis Staples
0: Oh Christ I don't, I don't remember
1: It's I, I Melody can't. Cool She um, tells you herself In song form
0: I don't really pay attention to these movies, so what can I say?
1: It's also the name of the club.
0: That's not a very original name for her club, if that's also her name.
1: it's like the Melody Cool Club is the name of the club.
0: Right. She's Melody uh, Cool. She sings the song that
1: goes, They call me Melody Cool.
0: You ready for my final question?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Aside from the other two Prince projects we've discussed tonight... I guess aside from the other one Prince project we discussed tonight. Morris day has only limited appearances in film. Can you tell me which film of the next Project <laughs> A Plus series he has an appearance in? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Would it be
1: uh, Jay and
0: Silent Bob Strike Back from 2001? That is correct. <laughs> I can't believe that movie was released in 2001. The buildings fall down, Jay and Silent Bob comes out. You know, like, what's, what's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> One balances out the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Order for is restored. Sure, sure. Well, you, know, goes you know,
0: yeah, yeah, Well, yeah, lot, you know, the god takes and he gives and he gives, you know. <laughs> All right, what do you what do you got for me, bro?
1: After collaborating with Ryuichi Sakamoto, Ingrid Chavez married which famous musician from Japan?
0: Um uh, uh my uh, my my mind just like went completely blank. Uh I I don't know. Uh the answer is of course David Sylvian. <laughs> oh really?
1: Yeah. Did you uh, like the genius way I phrased that question to mislead you.
0: Yeah. F- f- fuck you, man. I really like David Sylvian actually. He's kinda his solo records are pretty good.
1: He's on, um, I mean, Japan, the band at least, and I think David Silvian appears on it as well. Um, he's on that Akiko Yano record that follows *To Daima.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
1: Which hasn't been released by the French label that's releasing in the West yet. So you'd have to buy an expensive Japanese copy. But I'm waiting for it to be released.
0: That's okay. Great. was in, uh, in, in uh, America now. Who? David Sylvian.
1: So they all live in America now.
0: <laughs> they should they should meet up and um, you know re relive the magic. Hmm. Alright, uh should we move on to bonus features now?
1: Let's do it.
2: Uh oh,
0: Great, let's start with the two films that we uh, watched together, shall we? Okay. Uh, oh, I guess we got to talk about the Batman uh, music videos before we do anything else. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, we also watched... Uh, oh, did, 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 yeah, Should we just talk this, about Batman first and then move yeah. on to the music
1: videos?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'd never seen uh, Batman uh, 1989 before. Uh, and I, thought it was, thought it, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. You know, I've said this so many times tonight, but I like the big sets. <laughs> it's got a nice vibe. I think it's, uh, it's barely it barely feels like a movie. It feels very disjointed. Um... And uh, I feel like the idiot is just kind of like whatever. And I was kind of like, I was pretty bored at the end of it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's got it's got nice vibes. <laughs> I think Nicholson is having a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed watching him as the Joker. Uh, I think Keaton is, is uh, good as like an actual psychopathic like Batman. Um, I like that he just kills people, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, that it was a controversial a
1: uh, element among the, the fan community back in the day.
0: It's got it's got a nice mood. Um, though I don't think it sustains the entire two-hour running time, which is way too long uh what do do you think about
1: Batman? um uh so obviously i loved it as a kid it was like the right era for me i mean the first one i saw was probably batman returns at the movies um and then i probably would have seen this on vhs either before Mm. or after that i can't remember um and uh i always enjoyed it and and stuff and then i remember revisiting it as an adult at some point and being surprised at how like hokey it kind of seemed and (laughs) yeah that it did feel kind of cobbled together and compromised having said that because i've already gone through that disappointment um i didn't have that high expectations going into it uh, a subsequent time and uh i had a pretty good time i was like i enjoyed this that's uh, good to hear. i thought tonally it kind of was, was it, it struck a pretty good tone in terms of mm. uh, the material it has to work with which is pretty ludicrous yeah for sure but there's still some fun lines of dialogue the actors are having a good yeah. time i really like michael keaton as batman and yeah, yeah he's too. kind of a psychopath, like especially like the bit where he's they're in his um mansion and he's like um, filming them behind the, the mirror. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I was like, like
0: oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like how like totally immobile the Batman suit is like you can tell that he can't move it off. Yeah, was, like, yeah kind of, that like, was like, that was
1: definitely something that they, they said at the time. Um and he feels, like a, he feels like he feels
0: like like an actual like action figure that's being played with, you know. Like.
1: <laughs> but I actually I actually really like that. Um, be- yeah, because like, of forces, like, forces to Batman, Batman
0: It's like, like, a presence, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, they can't really show him in a proper wide shot doing anything. Yeah. So they just have to, like, suggest a lot of it, cut around him. So it makes him more impactful, but there is something about the immobility which I think serves the character quite well. Mm. Um, because there is, like, a blandness about him that, yeah. um, you know, is inherent in any depiction of Batman, really, especially in his Bruce Wayne guys. Mm. And I think Keaton does yeah, a really good Bruce job of balancing... Bruce Wayne guys. <laughs> he, he does a really good job of balancing... Um, the boringness of his character mm-hmm. and also some charisma so you can understand why someone would fall for him. Yeah. Even though like, it's ludicrous, it makes no sense that like he's had this secret identity all this time and like, he has one dinner with...
0: He fucks Vicky Vale and he's like... Yeah, one dinner with Kim you know? Basinger and like, even Alfred is like, oh, you should tell her your <laughs> secret identity. Wait, <Like, laughs> like, did, you, did you know that she fucked Prince? I, I think that should, you know, <laughs> you don't <should, laughs> to live up to him. <laughs> like, you know, just, <laughs> just give up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. But it's also funny that she just like gets cut out of the next movie, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I enjoyed this quite a lot actually. I um, mm. thought it was pretty watchable and fun all the way through. I didn't no, even find was, it as I, incoherent as I did previously. I, I, I was happy with
0: it until like the last thirty minutes. So I was just like, who fuck cares? Get yeah, up the and the fucking cares? Yeah, the
1: climax a, is, is a bit like poorly it goes on
0: forever. It's boring. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Like <laughs> I've heard that that was actually a, a reshot sequence. So uh,
1: you can kind of tell that there was like a lot of studio interference and
0: yeah. And
1: probably uh, and it, it, did, it did
0: make me want to watch uh, Batman Returns because I heard that one's like way more of the quality that I enjoyed about that, the first one. You know. Well, the thing is, I watched Batman Returns straight after this because I was like, I was mm. curious
1: about that as well. Like, how does this hold up? Mm. Um, now that I've, I've got a different perspective on the first Batman, mm. I didn't enjoy it as much actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I, there's still stuff I really like about it, like especially mm. Danny DeVito's performance as Penguin, and I think you should mm. still watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the like extent to which it has that like. Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, mm, uh, fairy why? tale vibe actually annoyed me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I kind of hate that aesthetic a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I, because I, of, I don't, I feel fairly neutral towards it. I don't really care one or the other. I did used to
1: like like Tim Burton as a kid, and then I got like way out. See, of I, I never went through a phase with down. them,
0: so I feel like I could probably enjoy his like odd, shitty films more. You know what I mean? Because I don't have the yeah. same like like disillusion period.
1: But yeah, that that kind of put me off this time, um, and. Um, the, the relentless, like, need to kind of um, give everyone an origin story that is, like, dumb mm. <laughs> and not even actually related to what was originally in the comic books is kind of uh, annoying, too. Especially, like, the origin story of Penguin, and it, the Penguin one's kind of fun. The origin story of Catwoman is so stupid. You have yeah, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Herman's in it. He's good in it. Doesn't have a line, though.
0: Um, <laughs> he was fascinating the entire time.
1: <laughs> but, like, this is the problem in the original film. It doesn't matter so much just because it's all stupid, so who cares? And I'm not like, <laughs> Oh, This has to be like... It's song. not a real film. But, like, it is kind of stupid, like, yeah, the fact Joker that kills. the Joker's origin has to be, first of all, it yeah. has to be the guy who shoots Batman's parents, which is stupid. It it's also definitely, like, really oh, the reason that he's that the Joker is like, because he fell into this vat and it burned off his I mean, skin. I, I actually, I actually, do, I
0: actually don't like that that much. <laughs> um,
1: you can kind of understand it as well from a studio perspective, because there was yeah, no so guarantee there was going to be a went, franchise. Went you just need to make this. That's why they killed off the Joker, otherwise they wouldn't have. Yeah. You just need to make this a moneymaker. No,
0: he was going to come back in the sequel to Batman and Robin that never got produced. Oh,
1: was he? Nicholson? Yeah.
0: Well, wow. I, I I think so. I mean, it was like a, it's gonna be like a sedation or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Um, but like that, that is like taken to a dodgy extreme with uh, like Catwoman's origin in, in Batman mm-hmm. Returns, which maybe I won't spoil for <laughs> you if you don't
0: remember. Really no, I, I know it.
1: But it is funny watching the way like that uh, Tim Burton transforms Michelle Pfeiffer into uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Helen and Bottom Carter. <laughs> <laughs> you can funny. kind of see why they hooked up. Um,
0: even though, even despite the,
1: the difference in the hair color, like, she basically turns into like the, an undead zombie bride kind of person.
0: Mm. A corpse bride, if you will.
1: A corpse bride, yeah.
0: Which is very dumb. Oh, apparently, apparently, Bowie was in contention like to play Backtrack and Batman Returns. Really, him. that um, would have been great. Walken's, <laughs> fine. Walken's pretty That's great. Well. But uh, no, this is even better. He declined in order to be in uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me. <laughs> mm. One of the best uh, roles, best
1: films, you know. I was also quite tired watching Batman Returns, and maybe that contributed to my. Um, mm. Reaction to
0: it I'll try to watch it for the next episode Um, I'll try to watch it it uh, for the next episode
1: I do like that Batman is like even more Marginalised in this film Because that's kind of the point of his character is that the rogues gallery is more interesting than he is And he's kind of defined as a straight guy In opposition to the the, the crazy villains And that's really Mm. taken to the extreme here He feels like quite uh, even more sort of Placid and um, marginalised in this film Um once again, like, especially because you've got Catwoman who is able to do like these acrobatic maneuvers and he's still stuck in yeah. that like rigid batsuit that can't do anything.
0: <laughs> you know, I, 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 did, I did actually watch a Batman Forever when I was a teenager. So I have fond mm. memories of that film. We've got to revisit that as well.
1: I, I definitely saw one of the Schumacher ones of the movies. I
0: can't remember I've, never movie. seen a, I've never seen Batman and Robin.
1: But yeah, anyway, okay, that's okay, Batman, okay, that's okay, Batman, that's we
0: Batman Robin. It. All right, got to talk about uh, Prince's music
1: videos.
0: Yeah. So uh, Prince did three music videos uh, for this film.
1: Yeah, so he was commissioned to do the soundtrack. Mm. Um, I believe they were using some Prince songs uh, in like a, a working cut of the film.
0: Mm, he's to do the-
1: and he was kind of commissioned to come in and do like new new songs to replace mm. them. There was also at one point, this is funny, at
0: one point
1: saying. the concept for the soundtrack was supposed to be that Prince and Michael Jackson would collaborate. Yeah, yeah. And the Prince would do like the funky Joker kind of songs and mm. the ballads that were more about, I don't know, the love story on and, and, and Batman's perspective or Vicki Vale's perspective. Were going to be handled by Michael Jackson. Wow! Oh. Mm. And alas, that didn't happen.
0: Um, it is funny if you listen. Uh, you know, the Bad record. Every song that is like told from a different character's perspective. Which yes, is so funny to me.
1: yes. And he, he was. not commissioned th- to do an entire record. Either Prince just was like, oh, just, he's just, just like, I'm going to do it.
0: That's great. <laughs> That's so funny." Anyway, uh, so we watched three. Uh, we watched the three music videos that resulted from this, right? Yeah. Uh, which are, Bad Dance, Party Man, and Scandalous. And uh, let's see, in two of the films, uh, Prince plays a character uh, who is named... What is it? What is this character's name? Is it Spooky Electric? Jim and I, that's it. Oh. Jim and I. Yep, and uh, let's see. Both the music videos are kind of just, you know, Prince, he's like hanging out and he's doing stuff. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's half, half Joker. <laughs> um, I, I must say that uh, despite them having, like you know, kind of a, a narrative... Uh, and the the two music videos for Party Man and Bat Dance I, I I was not really that into the music videos themselves are fine but the, the songs themselves I was like okay whatever you know didn't uh, didn't didn't particularly uh, catch with me and then uh, Scandalous is just a like you know performance video for instance, like a, a red suit red like like jumpsuit I guess just singing so Scandalous uh, and the song is much better but the music video is, is less interesting that's basically it
1: yeah it's the strongest song um, yeah like that Bat Dance song is kind of an example of the type of Prince song that would have put me off as a kid that now I, I really mm. enjoy. But, like, mm. it feels like he just tossed that off in, like, two seconds. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is funny. But I, I yeah, uh, I've
1: come to really enjoy that kind of, his even his second tier stuff mm. from the time and this kind of genre mm. in particular. Um, but it is a weird song, especially one that actually yeah. charted.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking that's, crazy. That's bizarre.
1: But I really and enjoyed this man, video, actually. Like, the vibe, the way he's has like the dancing. half-faced Joker yeah.
0: makeup is great. He looks great in the makeup. Yeah. He does. you should have played the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Um... Party man just didn't even like register with I just I it's it. Just basically the same. Hmm? And yeah, this is just a performance video. Yeah, no, I mean the the song for Party Man didn't register as anything to me. I like, okay, yeah, okay. I can't even remember
1: how it goes. It was, they're quite <laughs> yeah. similar.
0: Pretty pretty forgettable. Well, it's, it it's just not, up similar. the drum machine
1: and just sort of like.
0: Batsy's <laughs> <laughs> it. is very distinctive in how like odd it is. You know, you have all these like bizarre like shifts in, in the in the song. You know. Yeah, it is weird. It's very strange. Uh, but Party man just feels like absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it's kind of the thinner material and yeah.
0: Yeah. Sc- Scandals is a great song though. Mm. It's got a very washed texture, you know. And it would be remiss not to share the fact that apparently uh Prince recorded a uh, extended version of it where he uh, for, uh included uh sounds of him uh, making love to uh, Kim Basinger in the uh in the in the mix. So mm.
1: And how how might have that sounded?
3: Who
0: was that, Prince or Kim? <laughs> it was both <about> <laughs> They're, they're ecstasies combined, you know.
2: <laughs> good,
1: good.
0: All right, uh, let's see. Do you want me to do my bonus features first?
1: Yeah, you can do the other film we both watched. Bonus features, bonus, bonus features. Bonus
0: features, bonus, bonus features. Oh, yeah, we both watched the comedy. Um, it's is very acerbic and uh, pretty brutal uh, parody of uh, Williamsburg service, <laughs> <Tempsters>, right? So <laughs> maybe that feels like you're watching uh, The Death of Humanity, I think is how I describe it. Um, uh, you probably make it sound like, like they're
1: parodying like the, you know, the cliché of the Williams-Burkings, no, which is not no, what it's no. aiming at really, it's a very specific no. type.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like a uh, rich white uh, hyper-ironic, you know, um, like purpose-less sister. I don't know if I'd describe it that.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of very particularly oriented with, you know, things associated with like, the anti-comedy movement that followed the old yeah. comedy movement, yeah. I would say.
0: And uh, it functions as kind of like a nightmare uh, John Apatow film as well. Yeah. yeah has like kind of you know like brittle and really cool protagonist like I don't know like John Apatow's films where like you know you're like oh you know this guy's kind of like he's so funny he improvs it's like there's like a death of comedy you know like <laughs> I don't know yeah it, it weaponizes
1: that that improvised comedy yeah. style that um was very lucrative for John uh, yeah. and in, yeah as you said in those films it's supposed to be oh, that's the funny part of the film look how, look how funny it is yeah. and that's why yeah, he can't the you know, watchable length but here like yeah. it's like it's a lot of it's clearly improvised and the, the yeah. good thing is it's the type of joke that you know um Tim Heineken might actually make in a different context
0: <laughs> yeah I, mean, I guess I don't know
1: he, like he certainly knows that he's like portraying an unlikable character, yeah, yeah. and a lot of the stuff that he does for in sure. his own comedy is under the guise of a Tim Hardaway character, his punkness and
0: But
1: it's still like relying on his actual like comedic instincts as an improviser, mm-hmm. yeah, um, in a really effective way, so that those scenes uh, are really the heart of what this film is trying to say about the characters, mm-hmm. as opposed to like an indulgent like diversion in the case the yeah, for sure, films.
0: for sure.
1: But yeah, and I think Tim is really good in it.
0: Yeah, he gives absolutely great performance, and I, it, it is effective that he is played this character because it's like a, like you know in the vein of, of I don't know, like, it feels like just like a little bit a little bit more dead than the is typically plays, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think he really uses his body well, you know, and the spell, like, I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was extremely effective. Alright, um, what else have I watch? I've watched, uh, I rewatched Othello, and The Adventure of uh, Ticho Kozu, uh, and that's it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what did you watch, you? <laughs> oh, I also watched uh, A uh, Walk Hard together, which is great. That's,
1: that's I gotta say. Uh, so we've got to mention the fact that the comedy was directed by Rick Alverson, um, uh-huh. but I did watch another of his films, uh, which is 2015's Entertainment, focusing mm-hmm. on uh, someone who's worked a lot with Tim Heidecker.
0: Um, as a fact, in the comedy.
1: He's in the comedy as well. Um, uh, Greg Turkington. Mm. And it sort of focuses Australian. on... Australian. <laughs> not Australian. He was born in Australia, maybe, but he's not Australian, yeah. Um, Wait, what? But it focuses on like a kind of fictionalized version of Greg Turkington's actual act as Neil Hamburger. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: And it was co-written by Turkington and um, Tim Heidegger as well as Rick Alverson himself. Mm. And it was a quite a different style. Um, mm. A lot of the comedy was like sort of uncomfortable, claustrophobic, sort of mm. handheld, steady cam shots. And um, uh, entertainment has a more mannered, composed style visually, which I found kind of boring to be honest. Um, mm. And... Um, I found the, the narrative kind of less interesting, also. It's kind of watchable, I guess, if you like these people. Mm. It's okay.
3: Okay. Um, I watched Tokyo Melody, a film about Ryoichi Sakamoto,
1: mm. which is just like a sixty-seven-ish minute documentary available on YouTube about the making of Ooh, sixty-seven minutes <laughs> um, about the making of uh, that encyclopedia of music record that he was making, mm. whatever it was called, something like that. And it's very enjoyable if you're interested in him, which I am. I am. And that features a great clip of him um, performing the piano duet with the again mm. his wife at the time. But yeah, I recommend you if you are
0: finished it. I watched no, I'll, I'll think out. another nicely
1: length, nicely length, Another, um, <laughs> just like, like yes. good length. How would you say that? Another
0: Properly
1: well, length. Well durationed. <laughs> well durationed. shit. <laughs> another film that's like only an hour long is Christmas <laughs> in July uh, by Preston Sturges. One of his less heralded efforts. Heralded? One of his less celebrated efforts.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, but it was 60 minutes, so I was like, that sounds okay. good. To me. It's about Christmas. Even better. Mm. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. It's got a fun premise. That's nice. Um, it has some, some sections that kind of anticipate what Billy Wilder was later doing in the apartment. Especially like showing the interior of a um, sort of soulless bureaucratic focused company with the rows of like anonymous desks. Um, like the famous shopping in the department does that quite similarly here. Um, and it is a comment on, on wealth and class that is enjoyable. Good stuff.
0: Which hmm. film called Army of the Dead? <laughs> oh, you talked about that in our new sideshow. I don't know
1: now. And a little film called Chinese Zodiac. We
0: <laughs> talked about that already. <laughs> and I'm done. Right.
1: And uh, that's your time for Dragon Forever. No, no. We already
0: did that one. <laughs>